The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Stock Market Authority Podcast. I'm Bakes, Kevin Baker. I'm going to teach you how to make money in up and down markets. Very few podcasters or coaches cover this. I'll show you how to lock in profits and minimize losses to make you a better investor. So once a week, you're going to know what's going on in the world and the stock market. Welcome to the Stock Market Authority Podcast. Good morning, everyone. This is Bakes, Kevin Baker, Stock Market Authority. Hope you had a great week. I sure did. Uh, let's get right into it. Our top story tonight uh, we're going to talk about the profit blueprint, um, the uh, uh, identifying winning charts. I had a very uh, good conversation, frank conversation with a sincere subscriber and friend, and I uh, need to explain more. So I'm going to do that, uh, I hope, today. We're going to go through the mailbag and um, uh, talk about share scoop stocks like Biogen and uh, McDonald's and Meta. And we're going to go through our portfolio, uh, the Stock Market Authority portfolio. We've made a lot of progress. I continue my search for the 10 best ETFs to make money every year, like we did last year. We were up 6%. The market was down 20 And uh, we are working hard to, to keep our streak alive. And I hope it serves, uh, serves you well. Today's top story. And uh, this comes from my uh, conversation with a good friend of mine. And he basically said, Bakes, you know, you send these emails out. You say there's an arrow there. And it doesn't really mean anything to me. And I say, okay. Um, And I understand that. Because what happened with me was I went through the 87 crash. I realized that the fundamentals uh, didn't get people out of harm's way. The technicians, the chartists, the charts and technical analysis did. And so I said, I, I'm from the camp of, of, of what works. And so I, 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 and I don't expect you to see what I see. I'm trying really hard to get there, but it's, it's going to be a tough journey. So I hope I, I at least have uh, some way of, of summarizing things to, to get you to, to, uh, See what I see when I identify winning charts. So to that end, this is the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust. And this comes from, uh, again, I can't expect you to do this. I've been doing this for 25 plus years. I've read dozens of technical analysis books, and I've read thousands of charts, and I've, I've always identified new opportunities to do the fundamental work on by going to the charts first. So what I see in this chart, I also uh, am considering teaching a course. Let me know if you're interested in that, if you want to learn how to read charts. So charts first, fundamental second, and I want to draw your attention, yes, to this arrow over here that's on uh, the the first arrow. This is the 50-day moving average uh, this is the, the arrow on the left, the 50-day moving average coming up through the 200. And so what that suggests is this smoothing mechanism suggests that the long-term trend is changing. And it, it's simply a signal that there's positive change coming. And in particular, you look underneath that, you see the up volume increasing. You see the down volume receding on the down days and the up volume picking up, particularly when you see this breakout that leads to the crossing. They, some people call it a golden cross, a little extreme for me. 50 days uh, going up through the 200. Segway over here to the uh, second arrow over here on the left, 
pointing to the the price chart. That's and this is what I put in my in my newsletter, and I put it out there. And I said, "Well, everybody's going to see. This is so obvious that that uh, you know this is a clear buy point, and that's why I, I I bought the ETF. And I understand that that this isn't what you do all day. You're doing other things, and and you don't have the ten thousand hours that I've put in. And I'm hoping that I impart this to you so that we can really cut to the chase of identifying winning charts, finding new opportunities where we then can do the fundamental work. We're going to talk about that a little bit more next week. I hope you enjoyed Back to Basics last week, where we went through you know my interview process at least in part as to. Something good's going on in the chart. Let's find out what's going on with the fundamentals. Here, you also see this arrow down here on the lower right. The volume is increasing dramatically. You're seeing at least a 150% increase in volume coupled with that new high, and not a dramatic new high, but a 52-week new high that suggests... And this is what it means in a practical matter. We went through the nuclear winter. We saw Bitcoin go from 60,000 down to 15,000. Now it's coming back up to 30. This is the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, which doesn't track it exactly, but it, 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 it holds Bitcoin. It's the best way now for uh, ETF investors like us to do that. And so what you know what's happened? You've had the Fed raise interest rates. A uh, little bit of the of the froth comes out of the market. We've cr uh, corrected all that. Maybe people shorted Bitcoin and shorted this trust to to take advantage of of the down uh, the down draft. And now it's the institutions are saying, "Hmm, I got to at least cover my shorts, and maybe something new is going on here, and I got to buy." And it also intrigues me now that the tour today is turned up, and this is the, this last arrow over here to the far right, and the relative strength is 88. So that means that it's outperforming 88% of the stocks that are out there in the market right now. So there's positive change happening. Now, we've talked about this a little bit in the past, but what the positive change is Grayscale is suing the SEC so that they can take this trust and turn it into a more traditional ETF. BlackRock, who has more attorneys, money, uh, 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 consultants, lobbyists than God, has signaled that they are going to, um, they've applied to launch a spot Bitcoin ETF. Their record of getting these things through is virtually perfect. And so they've read the tea leaves or the, the, the court documents or whatever, and they think that they're going to get this through. So now the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust trades at a 28% discount. So if that discount goes away in all or in part, you make money uh, with that. You also unleash uh, uh, at least uh, BlackRock, Fidelity, ARK, Wisdom Tree, all these ETFs are going to go out and buy Bitcoin to put into these ETFs. That has to create upside uh, buying pressure on the stock, uh, on, on Bitcoin, in my opinion. And we're going to be there before all that comes, I think. Now, I could be wrong, but I will not lose a lot of money. And uh, my friend is a, is a big Bitcoin skeptic. He says, well, this could all go away. Perhaps, but I don't lose more than 15%. Uh, if you've been watching the show, you've seen it time and time again. I know how to sell. I have a sell discipline. Most of you don't. I think that we're worth the price of admission simply to show you 
how to uh, avoid losses and, and, and maximize gains. So uh, I, this is a base. You see this clearly breaking out here and this positive change happening coupled with fundamental news that's coming down the road that could push this higher. So again, my sell ticket is in place if I have to use it, but right now I think Bitcoin is going higher. And the other fundamental point, which might be a little bit controversial, number one, the dollar isn't backed by gold anymore, so the dollar is simply a confidence uh, uh, situation as well. Bitcoin uh, can't be printed. They're going to have 21 million Bitcoin, period, end of discussion. And as we've seen through COVID and through the QE and the last 12 years, the government is irresponsible. They're loaded with debt. You have lifetime parasites that are, that are uh, uh, influential in the government. And so the fact that the dollar is constantly debased is going to continue for a while. And oh, by the way, uh, foreign investors have had a worse situation with their currencies and their natural buyers of Bitcoin. So uh, I'm a Bitcoin bull for now. If it's down 15%, I will shoot this so fast it'll make your head spin. So I hope I've been clarified. This is how I read charts. Please go to my YouTube channel. I, I want you to, uh, you know, I love the audio part of this, but especially for these components, go to my YouTube channel and please subscribe and share. I want to get to 1,000 plus subscribers. I'm at 483 now. I could really use your help. So go to my uh, YouTube channel and let's get that going. And take a look at this. To me, it's clear as day, and I want to make it as clear as day to you. Now it's time to check the mailbag. Incoming! There's a letter in your mailbox. You got mail. I uh, had a number of share scoops uh, stocks that appeared this week. Uh, Gus Christensen, CEO of Share Scoops, was on the pod a, a little bit a while ago. He appeals to you know my audience, younger audience in their 20s, maybe early 30s. Uh, people, planet, profit is his prism. I tend to be more pragmatic. I like alliteration, so I decided to throw that in there. I think this world is tough enough to make money. Uh, but if you want to have an overlay of, of corporate governments and, and, and environmental concerns and, and diversity, equity, inclusion, whatever you want to do, you do you. I'm going to try and make money. And if you send me your stocks, I'm going to guide you as best I can. And Gus, it was great to see you in Connecticut this past week. John from Cambridge comes in and says, I work for Biogen. What should I do with the stock? And uh, as my son Jack has asked me to do, I'm going to be as subtle as a two by four. I think you should sell a third. Uh, and it's just this simple. Uh, it closed below the 200-day moving average on big volume. And uh, anytime I see that, I want to sell a third of the stock. And I know my suspicion is that the analysts out there are saying, oh, generic, uh, 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 a generic version of their, their MS drug has been widely anticipated and it's in the stock price. I don't care. I've shown this to you with Cisco. I've shown it with uh, uh, First Republic Bank. Uh, you know, my cell discipline works. It is imperfect, but it, it gets you out of the major pain of losing a lot of money. I saw the First Republic people uh, ride the stock from, from, you know, 160 down to zero. And there's no reason to do it because it's clear as day to me. So please keep your eyes here. So with Biogen, I don't think they're going out of business. So I don't want to make this a First Republic situation. But 
you know, their MS franchise is is uh, what has driven this uh, uh, for years and years and years. They the Alzheimer's drug, I think, is going to be uh, underwhelming to put it mildly. The efficacy is fair at best. The payers are going to be pushing back hard, and so I just don't see uh, a lot of a lot of good going on here. So. Uh, my cell discipline has been invoked. I think you should sell a third. Now, caveat, a um, couple of caveats. This isn't financial advice. I don't know your whole picture inside and out. You know, I'm not an RIA or anything like that. Uh, but I have done this before. And I, you know, my stance is if I owned this, especially if you've been uh, working the, your tail off at Biogen for years and you've gone through the ups and downs, stock's been up for a while. Uh, you know, don't give the money back and don't talk to me about taxes. The only way to get rid of taxes is to lose money. So unless you have, you know, some sort of political reasons, if you're an insider and you have to file 144s and that's going to raise all kinds of flags, uh, I don't know that about you uh, to that depth. Uh, I would sell a third and then stay tuned here, keep it in front of me, and I'll let you know if the other two thirds of the cell discipline is invoked. But don't give the money back. You've worked too hard. Am I being vague? Okay. Um, Jeff from Boston uh, said, I inherited some uh, McDonald's stock from my dad. Is it a buy, sell, or a hold? It's a hold, but a, an enthusiastic hold. Uh, it is, it is, you know, in an uptrend, I think the, you know, having a, a company that grows sort of single digits, top line, having a 26 PE is kind of ridiculous. I think this also plays into what I hope I bring to the table. I've been in six different firms, so I know where the bodies are buried and I know how this works. McDonald's is, I'm making this number up. It's going to be around, right? The McDonald's is 2% of the S&P. Uh, the chart looks okay. So I'm going to make it 2% of my portfolio. I'm going to hug the index, and I won't get fired. And I'll try to you know, uh, make it up someplace else. Here's what I see here. The, and I want to draw your attention over here to the far right uh, red line. This is the relative strength line. And the stock hit new highs on okay volume at best. The relative strength line didn't confirm. And my suspicion is this is NVIDIA uh, going north, AI garnering attention, people saying that we're not going to go into a recession, so maybe I don't need to hide into, into uh, you know, marginal quality burgers, and I want to go find AI plays. And that might be what's going on here. So this, this um, non-confirmation or divergence where the relative strength line is, is not matching the price action of the stock itself is a minor warning flag. My sell discipline hasn't been invoked yet, so it's a hold. But uh, if you had, I would you know, put this in the category of source of funds. If I found something that I really wanted to jump on, this would be something that I don't think is going to run away from you, and I think it's starting to weaken uh, maybe substantially. So a hold, but keep your head on a swivel, and keep your head here so I can tell you when the cell discipline uh, comes in. Um, Scott from London, uh, uh, what do I do with, uh, with like I said Facebook because I can't get used to saying meta. What do I do with meta? Uh, you know, where does meta go from here? And again, uh, this is a hold. And, um, but it is a hold with 
this um, modification, if you will. Uh, this was an absolute fiasco. Uh, you know, 300 down to less than 100. Uh, the metaverse is going to change the world. I'm going to change the name. Uh, this is Zuckerberg talking, not me. Uh, we're going to spend billions and billions of dollars. And then finally, Brad Gerstner and, uh, and other people wrote letters and tapped him on the shoulder and say, uh, you've got a golden goose here. Why are you shooting it? And they said it nicer than that. But, you know, I'm paraphrasing. And so he said, OK, uh, I see what Elon's doing. And more on that later. Uh, let's lay off a lot of people. Let's get lean and me. Let's let's be let's this be the year of uh, of uh, efficiency. I think is the term he used, and the stock just started going north. Just started going north. It became so uh, cheap. It became a value stock. So it garnered a whole new audience. Now it's a growth stock again. But take a look at this. This is a line. But this is why I pay attention to the chart so much, and I want you to. This is a line from at, at 207 that goes back to the uh, COVID bounce, uh, that high that's from now three years ago. And so we're going, look at how we're kissing this right up here. There's a lot of people that said 207, uh, you know, I bought this around here. I'm out of break even. Thank you very much. I'm going to feed the ducks. I'm gone. And that's going to happen. So I think you're going to have a hard time making a lot of money uh, above here in the near term. The um, uh, the threads news is unbelievable. They basically went from zero to 100 million subscribers in two days, three days. Uh, they clearly want to crush Twitter. Twitter is crushable. Uh, the product is getting pretty good reviews. So you have... Spending going down, layoffs, uh, you know, margins expanding. The base business is pretty good. Instagram is, reels are, is uh, is promising. You have the positives of, of threads, and you have people that maybe were short and said, okay, now I'm wrong, I've got to cover. I think that's all played out. I think 207 is a stall. So it's a hold, And um, but again, if you find really, really compelling uh, ideas to add to, I might pull this off the shelf, say goodbye to it, and go on to something else. So that's it for the mailbag this week. If you want to write into the show with any questions or comments, email me at bakes at stockmarketauthority.com. Even better, leave me a voice recording, and we can play your question on the show. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll take a look at the Stock Market Authority portfolio, and I'll give you this week's Bakes Takes. You're listening to Stock Market Authority. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Do you want to become a better investor? Do you want to learn how to make money in both up and down markets? Then you need to go to stockmarketauthority.com and sign up for our free newsletter today. Stock Market Authority is run by award-winning investment manager Kevin Bakes Baker. His aim is to save you time while teaching you how to be a better investor. Bakes saves you time by diving into all the latest stock market news and information so that you don't have to. He reads all the latest articles, analyzes the charts, and listens to all the relevant podcasts. And then once a week, he gives you a breakdown of what's happening in the market. Stock Market Authority is constantly outperforming the S&P and the HFRX. Bakes is going to share with you his weekly stock observations. He'll give you concise insights and show you how to lock in profits and minimize losses. Stock Market Authority is making money in up and down markets. Wouldn't you like to do the same? So join now and let Bakes show you how. Head on over to stockmarketauthority.com and sign up for our free newsletter today. That's stockmarketauthority.com, making money in up and down markets. 
We're back, and today we've been talking about identifying winning charts. I hope I've been uh, more clear than in the past. Please let me know if I haven't. Uh, now it's time for the Stock Market Authority portfolio. And here's the performance that we have from uh, since inception through June. And uh, to make a long story short, uh, drink, Jack, uh, we're 2.64 times the hedge funds, the HFRX. That's the index of all the hedge funds are out there. And uh, my goal is to make money every year. So far, I have. Uh, I'm beating, you know, the, the hedge funds substantially. I would substantially net short last year. I'm now net long. Uh, so, so far, so good. Your manager has a different goal. And my same friend had, you know, oh, Bakes, everybody, uh, you know, wants to make money every year. Uh, no, they don't. Uh, they, they, uh, if you're a traditional money manager, you're long only, you can't go short, you can hardly have any cash, you have to watch turnover, you have to invest in, in sectors like financials that are dog meat, and, uh, and you have to hug the index, whatever it is, the Russell 2000, the S&P, and uh, you can't deviate too much from that. Uh, you got to justify your, your you know, 65 basis points or whatever the hell you charge and more if, if you're a, a hedge fund. And, uh, you know, this is the cold, hard fact. Yeah, the market's up 70% of the time. Human progress is eternal, but you go down 30% of the time. And they concede that where they're going to go down 30% of the time. So they're not trying to make you money every year. It's just not set up that way, period. So... Uh, we're doing it. I'm putting it right here in front of you. Uh, I always want to do better, and uh, I stri- I work really hard to do that. But uh, you know, this is the cold hard realities of uh, of, of what we're doing. And uh, you know, I do have the the retirement account that just buys the S and P 500 every two weeks, and then I do this, and it just seems to make sense to me. Uh, I talk to a lot of people, especially older people. They're way more concerned about the down 30% of the time than than the up 70, uh, especially if they're closer to retirement and, and big uh, capital needs and what have you. So this is what I do, and you know, you adapt it to your situation. I obviously don't know it, and this isn't financial advice. Next, let's go to the, the, the portfolio uh, itself. And uh, same friend asked me about, you know, what's your end game? And, um, uh, you know... Uh, Number one, I want to have sponsors to support the show. I want every student managed investment fund member to subscribe to this so that we can uh, have Barron's and, and The Economist and Market Smith and all these great services that I use for 25 years and uh, give them to a, you know, show them to a new audience. And really, I want to have my own ETF. I want to be your hedge fund. And I'm going to prove to you over the last three years and, and, and going forward that I know what I'm talking about. And I have a very different approach. And if making money every year appeals to you, and I can't see why it wouldn't, I'd like to have a hedge fund at some point down the road. So that's my end game. I can't be uh, you know more transparent than that. To that end, you know, I try to find the 10 best ETFs out there. I go through... 2,000 plus charts every single month, often more frequently than that. And I try to find out what's working, no matter what it is, where it is. There's an ETF for just about everything commodities, currencies, stocks, etc. And 
there's no reason you have to, you know, be entirely in the U.S., be entirely in the S&P 500. So, you know, I will make money. Uh, I made money in the uh, uh, in the 90s uh, uh, in energy and titanium. And, and people said, titanium, what are you doing? I, you know, I didn't care. The fundamentals were great. The charts were great. And so let's make money wherever wherever we can. And that just makes sense to me. So we're back in uranium. We doubled our money plus two plus years ago. We're 10% of uranium right now. It's having a great day. Uh, I think it's going to have a great two, three years, in my opinion. I'll go into that more. Uh, we talked about that about a month ago for our new buy, URNJ. We're 10% in Argentina. Uh, it's weakening a little bit. Ricardo Libre, the number one name, is not looking that good. So I'm, I'm monitoring that. I'm uh, uh, 40% in AI, technology, robotics, etc. We did this prior to NVIDIA going north because the chart said something good was going going to happen and so we're there and making money pretty dramatically um we're 10 percent in uh bitcoin through the grayscale bitcoin trust which we talked at the beginning of the show and we're 10 percent in the bitcoin miners the marathons and the riots uh, of the world and uh frankly it's become our number one winner in a very short period of time now we got work to do we're down 11 percent. i'm down 11 percent. there's no we it's me uh, down 11%. Uh, the S&P is up 15 And uh, please remember, we were up 6% when the S&P was down 20 So uh, I think I can be up again this year. Can I beat the S&P? Please stay tuned. Uh, I love a challenge like that. And frankly, I like my chances. So I'll go through recent improvements in my newsletter uh, and social media posts. Please subscribe, follow, and share. That's how we're invested. Uh, I can't believe this. July 12th uh, right now. Let's get into this week's Bakes Takes. Uh, I got three takes this week. Um, and I, I, I hope this is going to be... Uh, I think this is helpful. The first chart here is Nigeria. The, the uh, Global X Nigeria e- ETF. And I've, been, I've talked about it a little bit before. We've owned it before. Our cell discipline got us out. And, uh, you know, this has been a, a waterfall down for, you know, for years here. And we're looking at, um, you know, breaking above this 1089 level, this line. That, I don't have a line here, actually. But you can see down here at the lower right, the, the uh, uh, ETF is washed out. And it's starting to perk up uh, pretty substantially. The volume is picking up. And so I've always liked this idea of, the charts are a great uh, 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 arbiter of time, where you spend your time. And so would I stop on this Economist article of Nigeria, the new president, uh, if I didn't have this chart context? Probably not. Probably not. And if you pull, uh, you know, uh, 100 people off the street of Boston, Salem, London, wherever, and say, hey, why are you bullish on, on Nigeria? They'd probably look at you like a club seal. Well, new president uh, uh, has kicked out the, um, uh, the Fed chairman, basically, the, their central bank head, uh, who is widely despised, uh, cleaned up corruption, uh, stopped subsidizing petroleum, 
put all the exchange rates together so the black market goes away and uh, open it up for, for business, in essence. So there's, you've got positive change here that I don't think is expected by many people, especially U.S.-centric investors, with our crazy, my crazy uh, 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 process and thoughts here. I just want to make money every year. So if it's in Nigeria, great. If it's in Poughkeepsie, I, you know, I, why would anybody care? You know, and this is part of my thing with, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. You know, I think Peter Lynch had it wrong. You know, invest in what you know. Uh, okay, you know, if that works and, and uh, you know, there's a new Home Depot uh, before it becomes a 10-bagger, that's great. But if Nigeria is a 10-bagger, and it looks to me if it retraces some of this, it could be. Uh, if, you, you know, if, you, you know, uranium works, you don't have to be Homer Simpson working in a nu- nuclear plant to figure out that uranium is going to go up. So uh, I want you to open your mind a little bit and, and not pull off the Lululemons and the Nikes and all the familiar things that, frankly, have 11 analysts on and there's not much of a way to get an edge. So uh, I hope that's been helpful. Keep an eye on Nigeria. I haven't pulled the trigger, but I wanted to uh, impose upon you my view. Charts first, fundamentals second, but the charts make you look for fundamentals that crop up. I hope that's helpful. Uh, regional banks, uh, look at this. And uh, this kind of plays into my you know, First Republic comments before. Obviously, you had that and you know, three, four other banks that, that uh, uh, you know, went to zero just because they bought bonds, uh, you know, 10-year bonds and didn't ladder maturities. It's astonishing to me that that, that could happen in this, in this day and age. You know? But anyway, it did, and it's so easy to move deposits around with your phone now that uh, capital flight can, can kill you, and it, it killed some banks. Uh, you know, some people are saying, oh, there's value here. Uh, this is the reason the Russell 2000, which has a lot of small regional banks in it, is going to go north. Uh, you know, maybe, but it's not the way to bet. And it's the same kind of thing. I wouldn't be looking at this, this Wall Street Journal article, Fed to require banks to bolster capital after a string of failures. We talked about this when it was going on. It, it just makes sense. Hey, you guys screwed up. We got to put, you have to have more capital on the balance sheet. You have to have more FDIC insurance so that this doesn't happen again. And so a business that is, frankly, okay at best, tough with an inverted yield curve when you're trying to uh, 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 you know, borrow short and, and lend long, uh, I think it's going to be really tough for, for all the banks. Now, the big banks are going to be reporting today, tomorrow, this week. I don't think you'll learn a lot from J.P. Morgan that's going to apply to you know, Hudson Savings. I'm just making this up. So uh, don't get too crazy about, about uh, cheap about value, about financials, about regional banks. Uh, I would not touch this right now. Uh, I'm, I watch it, uh, but that doesn't cost anything. So I, I'm here to make money, and right now, eh, I think it's okay. I didn't have a, uh, I forgot to put a chart in, but I want to talk to my University of Houston MBA friends. Uh, oil. Uh, the oil services name, OIH, is looking like it's improving pretty significantly. The... Uh, 
E&P names, exploration and production companies like EOG, where you did all that great work, is kind of meh still. It does not look as good. So how does this resolve itself? Oil's at 73. You know, if you get to 83, do things start looking better for the EMPs? Probably. Probably, but something's going on where the service names are starting to go to the upside and the EMPs are lagging. So uh, stay tuned, and I will be as helpful as I, I, I can be. Uh, next week, we're going to be interviewing a, a CEO live. A friend of mine works at a, a, a company. Uh, I'll go through my process even more than I did with the Back to Basics. I want to get your feedback. Do you like it? Is it helpful? Uh, et cetera. Those are my Bakes takes for the week. Uh, as we close out today's show, I always like to end with some much-needed levity. Uh, this is Josh Blue, a uh, very funny comedian, has cerebral palsy, laughs at himself, laughs at the people that are uncomfortable with people with cerebral palsy. Uh, he got won, uh, I think, third uh, in America's Got Talent. This is some of his best bits. Uh, and if you need a chuckle, I think that's uh, going to be great. That's it for today's show. Please go to my YouTube channel and subscribe and share. Get me to 1,000, please. Uh, I really appreciate that. I'll see you soon. Uh, we're looking forward to next week. Take care. God bless. Bye now. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.